You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers. Hello and welcome to the Noise Direction podcast, a music industry podcast where people who spend too much time on punk teach you how to spend more time on punk. I'm Matt Bacon of Dropout Media here with my amazing co-host, high school hero, Scotty Tank Crimes. Hello. Whose high school hero was I? Mine. Yeah. Like like, we've talked about this, right? Like I like wanted to be you when I was 16. Dude, last night I was looking for a, I was actually looking for a, through a box of old photos. I was trying to find um, a photo of me selling buttons at Burnt Ramen to promote last week's podcast. Mm -hmm. And I was like already like days late on it because this is yesterday, but I I couldn't find the photo. But I found a picture of myself on spring break in Mexico when I was 17 years old with my shirt off and my long hair and no, no chest hair and no tattoos and i sent that shit to my wife and she was so uh she didn't know what to do with it because i was a minor (laughs) in the photo and when the photo was taken she was like six years old and so yeah Yeah. that was me in high school i my my wife was attracted to me i mean you know i think me in high school was mostly just fucking bullet belts and morbid angel brother see me (laughs) oh here's another thing me in high school Today is 311, dude. Oh, oh yeah. I fucking love 311 so much. What a great band, dude. No they further take, comment. They take rap music, rock music, DJs, slap bass, uh, reggae, weed smoking. It's like everything I love, dude. But it's like punk, punky funk reggae junk. You can skank to it. Anyways, for our listeners, we're recording music on 311. Yeah, which is music also you the can skank to. Of, yeah, you can skank to it. Uh, shit, what do I want to say? I, we got to do a little talking over ourselves at the intro. Yeah, we do have to do a little. That's how we do our thing is we talk over each other. Yeah, welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. <laughs> anyway, Scotty, what are we talking about today? Uh, real quick, I like to do a little thing where I can I pat ourselves on the back. Here we are, episode five with the consistency. We have not bumped an episode. We have not missed an episode. And now we have officially been a podcast, Noise Direction, for over a month. Which so is that's crazy. pretty good, man. That's great. Once again, thank you to my lovely co-host for being the catalyst, for making sure this shit gets done all the time. Um. Another thing I want to share with our listeners before we dig in is um, as, uh, it's difficult to promote the podcast every week. I'm finding that because we're staying on schedule, um, having to hype the podcast every Monday when it, when it releases is what I want to do, but it really feels very frequent. I, I feel like, oh my God, am I telling people to listen to fucking me and Maddie yell? 
for, you know, 40 minutes again. Didn't I just tell them to do this the other day? And so that I'm just want to be transparent that 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 the, the promotion part's hard. And I kind of dropped the ball on last week's episode. So hopefully we can pick it up and, and that's fine. We're working on some pick other it up, stuff. pick it up, pick it up. Yeah, we will pick it up. Thank you. <laughs> I also want to say that I was listening to last week's podcast and um, I had I was just feeling a little insecure. I felt like I was just like yelling and repeating myself and rambling, which is all fine. You know, I even looked. There was a point when I was like, Jesus, Scotty, are you going to shut up? And then I picked up my phone and there was only one minute left. And I was like, OK, this is definitely when Maddie needs to wrap it up. And I guess what I wanted to share is that I don't know, like, I just want to admit that it's not easy, like doing this shit all the time and staying on it, listening to myself fucking drone on sometimes. Sometimes I think I'm exhausting. and So I just I don't know. Some people, when I say that, are like, what do you mean, Scotty? Like, you're so comfortable, like talking and being in front of people and all this stuff. And I, yeah, I am. But I just. I just want to remind people it's not easy. And, 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 you know, uh, Maddie will agree with me and I'm sure people think Matt just fucking, you know, all he ever wants to do is, you know, spread his message, which he does, but that doesn't mean that it's the most natural thing for him to do every day is to stand on his front porch and yell into his phone. It's difficult. We get insecure about this stuff and um, we just push through because, because the goal the goal, it, it comes from the work and, and whether I'm happy with what project I'm doing or a specific thing I'm doing, I know that my end goal is reached. If I just stay at it, learn from my mistakes and, you know, keep marching on. And so um, I, I guess that's it. And I'm, I'm sitting down today recording the episode because I think I will yell at you less, Maddie, if I'm sitting. I think when I'm pacing, I start just like screaming. <laughs> And this is part of being Scotty, is being shushed often because I'm quite a loud person and I understand that. But So thanks for hearing me out. What is today's episode about, Maddie? Reel me in. Let's do it. So today we're talking about selling merch. And specifically, the main thing I want to talk about really was selling merch with the video. Love it. Um, and this is... This is, you know, and, and it isn't even selling merch. It's selling anything with video because video is the best way to sell things, in my opinion. Um, you've had a lot of success with this. I obviously the entire uh, Matt Bacon Enterprises is all is revolved and <laughs> yelling into your phone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, um, so that, you know, so that's like a thing. And so I guess the question is like, Let's start with this. How do you sell merch using video? Well, I think the how what the what the video is great for is that you're giving someone like a personalized tour of the merch, right? So, so if I make a video and I'm sh and I'm holding an LP and I'm opening up the gatefold and I'm pulling out the insert and I'm looking at the colored vinyl and stuff. Uh, first of all, that that's much more engaging than like a photo or even like what happens way too often because um, for us, for record labels and for bands, we're so ahead of the pressing plants and 
that pre-orders are such a thing these days and stuff like that. It's like, man, selling records or merch with just like a mock-up JPEG your designer slapped together, that's part of the reality. But once you have the actual thing in your hands and you can show people that it's tangible, that it's real, I think showing records is really important because it's kind of like reminding your fans like, look, like we put a lot of work into this. Like these 10 songs weren't, weren't made to be put on shuffle. You know what I'm saying? Like they were made to be listened from, from start to finish. And we put this package together and these, these are the, this is the imagery we want you to look at while you're doing it. And you can follow along with the lyrics. And it's very important for us to, that, that our fans know the wonderful people who engineered the record and mastered the record and helped us with layout and the, and the, and the designers and the cover artists and stuff. And just showing that, that full package. And I'm only talking about records right now, but I'll tell you when I make a video and do like a fucking three minute fucking tour of a record, I texted you one time when I like brought back 10 crimes TV after taking a year off, I texted you like a couple months ago and was like, Jesus Christ, Maddie bacon. I fucking watched the bacon bits. It told me to make a video. I made a video for this record. I just sold $500 worth of the record. And then I texted you again the, the next morning. and was like, oh, we've sold $800 worth of the record. That's an extreme example. But I mean, a video like that has the power to bring the energy back that like you haven't seen since like it was a new release. Like that's what else I, I think it does. It can kind of... Um, I don't want to say recycle, but it, it can like bring back the energy that maybe you haven't had since pre-orders. And this is also, like I said, is good because often you're selling something before you, before you have the physical product in your hands. Yeah. And, um, and so I, that, that's, I guess what we'll start. I'll kick it back to you. I mean, that's something I see happen a lot with like the, the homie Yasek at Interstellar Smoke. Like he always, he and I were talking about this the other day. He was like, yeah, man, like, I feel like I sell my pre-order bundle or whatever. And then the people who buy that are going to buy that. But then like, I turn around and like take a picture of the vinyl, like in my, like, and he doesn't even do videos. Right. Yeah. But like, he just takes a picture of the LP in his hand and he's like, bro, this is, you know, cause they do gorgeous LPs. People fuck with it. It's all Yo, you maybe, maybe your boy will listen to this podcast and then like next week they'll post a video. Exactly. of their sick vinyl you know, get them you'll to love fucking it sell but yeah like <laughs> this is this is the point right is like people fuck heavy with that you know and i have and a like, great example no go ahead no good yeah no what were you saying well i have a great example i'm actually this is like actually on my calendar to do this week and since i'm down at tank crimes headquarters i'll probably do it um i'll probably do it when we like sometime this afternoon after we finish recording the pod but um this is a real simple thing. I had some tote bags made, right? And the yeah. last time I had tote bags made, um, which I love tote bags for merch because I, I just personally, I use them like several at a time even. Um, but the last time I had tote bags made, I made that fucking rookie error of finding a tote bag that was like so impossibly cheap. There's no way it could have been good. But I was just like, we get blinded sometimes by a deal, especially when we're starting to do numbers in our head. And something mm -hmm. like a tote bag isn't going to be a big return. 
you know, but for me, it's like blazing my logo on someone's shoulder while they're going to school or the grocery store, or the record store or wherever. So I had previously made the mistake where I thought that, holy shit, these tote bags are like, and I'm not kidding. They were like a dollar 99 a piece, like with my logo on them. And they were fucking garbage, dude. And so I sold them for $3 and was just totally like transparent about them being super shitty. But I had like a hundred of them and it just, um, it, they were around forever. And like, I've never even seen one in the wild because I think anyone who was like, Ooh, 10 crimes has $3. I called them like $3 cheap totes. And I think anyone who received them was like, Oh yeah, this thing's fucking cheap. Like it was like made out of like in a perfect world, it was made out of like recycled plastic bottles, but I wouldn't be surprised if they even churned up some new horrible plastic to clog our oceans to make these stupid fucking totes. Anyways, fast forward. I like did my due diligence on tote bags and like bought a bunch of bands tote bags and like labeled tote bags and then found the tote and then used it in the real world for over a year, like testing this fucking bag. And it's super fucking tough. Like this could be like the last tote bag you buy. I love that level of like, uh, I love that level of like discipline on that. You got to put in the research, dude. Well, I just felt like I failed everyone with these shitty tote bags. And it's like, I want, so anyways, when I make the video and I will make the video. So anybody who's a, who follows everything that I do, will have seen the video before you listen to this podcast. Hopefully you do both. But what the video is going to do in this case is going to show that this tote bag does not fuck around. I'm going to put like 20 double LPs in it. I'm going to put my laptop and 50 magazines in it. I'm going to fill it up with all my dirty clothes. I'm going to put my water bottle, a stack of bananas and a six pack of beer in it. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm going to fucking hoist them around my shoulder and fucking jump up and down. Like, the video is the way I can redeem myself for selling people shitty totes and, and, and give them the confidence that this may be the last tote they ever have to buy, you know? And then I love that. What, goes alo- what goes along with something like that is then, I mean, I sell stuff with my personality all the time. And like I said, sometimes I feel like I'm a fucking loudmouth personality. Other times I think I'm very thoughtful. Uh, You know, I'm trying my best over here. But um, I I just when I do uh, 10 Crimes TV, there's no script or anything. And I, I, I just it's always just one and done. Hit it and quit it. And I imagine, especially now that I'm like telling the story about it and stuff, I'm like actually getting excited right now about making this video when I just came up with that idea to jump up and down with it. Mm-hmm. But um, I'll end up cracking a joke or something in there or something. There's just like little things. So it's like, I don't want to, I mean, Tank Crimes is a personal brand, you know? I mean, I sell records, but I use like Scotty sells the records, not just like that I make them available. Like I'm the flavor flave of my own brand. I'm Chuck D and flavor flave of Tank Crimes, you know? So and and that works so that's the so moving past my super dope tote bags really affordable and will last you forever tankcrimes.com um that 
one of the other things about making a video to sell your merch is that this is where you're sharing your personality. This is where you're becoming a relatable person, not just an Instagram account with it, with an MP3, you know? And um, if you're an unlikable piece of shit, stay away from this. But most are musicians- are not unlikable? Right. And, but, but musicians are relatable to other musicians. And the, probably the most people that buy records off me like own a guitar whether they're playing it in a band or not, like stuff like that, you know? And that was um, always, I, yeah, that was just for the record. That was always something I thought that was clever that Hot Topic did back in the day was having guitar picks at the counter as the upsell. Cause like everyone who goes to fucking Hot Topic in 2008 owns a guitar. Yeah. There you go. See, there, there's that upsell, right? I was too late for Hot Topic. I'm too old. I've never really been like by the time I went to Hot Topic, it was like to like see what all the fuss was about. But it was like years later. But uh, so thank you. That's that's part of our, our age dynamic where you can work that work things into the conversation that I missed. Well, you, know, you know, one of us had to be a Hot Topic deathcore kid. Yeah, exactly. I'm just too I'm just too aged for it. That's why I'm here to help you celebrate 311 right? <laughs> this is where we're working both angles of our age dynamic in this episode so far. I think we need to celebrate 311, but yeah. Yes. Honor 311. I'm honoring 311 today with hope for the future. I know eight people in my inner circle got their first shot this week. My dad is fully vaccinated. Like things are happening, dude. I'm really, I really have, um, I'm really starting to get, to get excited for the fall where only maybe about two weeks ago, I was kind of rolling my eyes at messages about tours and shows and stuff like, okay, I guess, I guess we can't stop working. So let's pretend we're doing something in September. And now all of a sudden it like feels real as fuck, you know? Yeah. So that's my message of hope. My 311 message of hope before we get too distracted here. Yeah. I, I feel, I think that, I think that's a good point. Um, but the point being, I want to share, okay, so I just want to run through <clears throat> on this podcast, because I think that a lot of times we tell people, make a video, and they're like, okay, what does that fucking mean? What do I do? Okay, so I wanted to run through some of my, some of our favorite video selling strategies. Okay. Okay. Um, I want to start with mine that I'm using today. Uh, so today I have, today is my hundredth straight day of closing a sale every day. Oh, nice, man. Congratulations. Thank you. And so That's I great. Made, so what do we got to do now? 200? <laughs> well, I think, I actually think I'm probably going to rebuild stuff and just focus on more expensive offerings and not do some of the things that helped make sure I could get a sale every day. You got, know? I got it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like the consultant calls are just too much of a drain on my time, even if I kind of like them. Um, so the point being, one of, what I did today, I made a video where I said, I didn't say, oh, it's my 100th day of sales, buy for me to help celebrate. I said, hey, it's my 100th day of sales. I want to make 10 today. Right now it's 2 p.m. I'm at 5, and I have a couple more leads I'm on. And like that's where people start to get excited because I've now been, I've been making an Instagram story and a tweet every time I make a sale. 
and people so you've got people following around people are sharing sharing the the wins and the thing is like i used to do shit like that on tour like i would literally i would get to the venue and i'd be like okay we need to make a thousand dollars tonight so that everyone in the band can get paid okay right because like i think it was i think basically we decided if we made a thousand dollars that meant we were all making more than at our real jobs and also paying for everything right and I yeah would just, it's massive yeah i would just tell people like at merch i'd be like hey guys like i need to sell six hundred dollars of merch tonight are you gonna help me out and people would just res- like were respond to this like a motherfucker because who what other fucking merch guy tells you this is how much merch i need to sell tonight yeah you know like i would like and there'd literally be people who i like spoke to at the beginning of the show who'd come back at the end and be like did you hit your number yet and i'd be like nah bro i need another hundred bucks hook me come on buy a fucking shirt <laughs> yeah exactly dude and, get but, the like, long sleeve like <laughs> you'd look but, great in the t-shirt but i'm trying to make a thousand dollars so what do you th- think about our zip hoodies yeah but like but like the thing is like i wouldn't hide that i was trying to make a thousand dollars do you know what i mean mm-hmm. or like even what? what i would even do was i would even have like a reach goal right and i just tell people that like oh a thousand dollars is like our normal goal but like what i really wanted today was 1500 if we could get 1500 out of fresno we'll come back here next in six months oh i like <laughs> that like we'll right? come back if the thing and people like that, like, and you can do the same thing with video. Like I literally, you know, I made a video. I'm going to make, I want 10 sales today. And now people are hitting me up like, Hey, do you need another sale, bro? You know, like, you know, and you can do the same thing. If you, if you literally went and said, look, I want to sell a hundred copies of this record. I am at 46. And you yeah, just and, were and like bring them on the shame. You, or somebody's like, I wasn't going to buy it, but fuck, I can help you get to your goal. Like you're almost there. I mean, it's the same thing that like, I mean, oh, and this would actually be a killer idea too. I mean, it's the same thing as like a fucking telethon, right? You're fucking Jerry's kids or you're fucking NPR. Like they're like, you know, we'd love to bring you back to our, our regular programming, but we need another $500 or we won't make our double for double challenge or whatever, you know? And it's like, it's the, that same kind of concept that they use in, in that and like fundraising like that you know yeah Um, exactly like which which is giving me this sick idea to bring like for merch people or bands bring like a whiteboard on tour and make like like draw like like, you know like the the, like temperature thing yeah yeah draw the thermometer and like put the little goals on it i just want i just want want to point something out here i just want to point something out here you forgot the word for thermometer what did i call it temperature thing Oh, the temperature thing. Well, <laughs> because now I look at the weather app on my phone to see what the temperature is, and it has no thermometer on it. So <laughs> the I'm point being, that. the point being, irregardless. Um, That's a good idea. Somebody do that idea. If I go to a show and I see that, I will buy merch from you to get you to the top of the thermometer. Yeah, but like that's the thing, right? Is it's like if you so that's my thing, right? Is take is doing a video two things, right? One is doing a video that takes people along for the ride, but then another, and this is what you're good at, Scotty, is doing a video that shows the benefits. Talk about making a video that shows the benefits of doing something, uh, yeah. of buying something. Explain this, walk through. Um, the benefits of buying something is 
we I need twenty dollars to keep yeah, the but, lights on at Tank well, yeah. headquarters, and, and you, you want that. a Necrot record. Well, I did a thing at the beginning, so this would have been a year ago when uh, we've discussed on how um, all you know most record labels had like one of their best years ever this last year over the pandemic because our mm -hmm. fans are not spending money on beer and and door tickets you know and it's a, it's a good way to like stay involved and I, I think actually a lot of people have gotten more interested in their own personal collections over the year because you're spending a lot of time at home yeah but when the pandemic first started and I was bracing for total fucked right like I was like oh shit I just have already committed like fucking 30 grand to this fucking mortal record. And we might not sell a copy this year because the fucking global pandemic. Right. So one, and obviously that wasn't the case, but that's where my head was. I really was like ready to fucking brace. And one of the commitments I made as an employer is that I have only one person on staff, Marky, who, um, I basically like pay his rent to live here at Tank Crimes headquarters and he it, it, that's like his salary. So he's at my beck and call uh, when we need stuff. And so that that works. It works really well for both of us. Um, now, if I stop making money, I'm just not going to be the boss that says you're fucked, too. You know, I feel yeah. like it's my responsibility, whether I'm eating or not to make sure that my employee is if he's holding up his end of the bargain and doing the work for me, like I got to fucking pay him. So one of the things I did at the beginning of the pandemic is I had the fucking Marky telethon and I just did it in Instagram stories and I fucking full on got like telethoned out and was like, yo, we got these. And I made up like, I don't know, I made up like some mystery boxes or something like that. Yeah. Of just like shit from around the garage. So it'd be like a couple popular LPs, maybe a couple fucking dead stocks. But then I had other shit from around the garage, like, oh, and some stickers and some flyers and shit like that. And I was basically like, told my little story I just did right now. Like, we don't know what's going to happen. Uh, Marky's got to get fucking paid. I'm not leaving him out in the cold fucking let's do this i need to sell fucking six hundred dollars worth of shit right now we gotta pay marky let's do it and it was like right away like boom okay here's the sale boom here's the sale and i'm checking back in oh shit uh you know we're halfway to the goal and then i got marky involved and i said hey marky will you make marky is an incredible musician and he's always like flirting with with i was gonna say stupid shit but interesting and funny stuff is what I mean. And I was like, Hey, Marky, here's the deal. You go, go into your room studio right now. And I want you to write a 32nd black metal ska song. Right. Cause I'm just like, cause that's the other thing that we talk about. Like you want to like engage people. So it's like, people are like, wait, a black metal ska song. Like, yeah, I'm not going to release this fucking thing, but I've got your attention. Don't I? So now we're like halfway to the goal. And I'm like, Marky's in his room working on the black metal ska song. And if we make it to the goal by 8 PM, I'm going to release the, we'll release the video or whatever, you know? Yeah. And it was just stuff like that. And then I think when we hit 75, I was like, when we hit 75%, I'm going to fucking juggle while singing sublime. Like we were just trying to think of like goofy ass shit. Right. Yeah. When Which I was a great. little kid. Yeah. So 
that that was really fun. I actually, man, I haven't thought about that because I, I thought we were going to have to do that every month when I did it and it worked. I was like, okay, here's how I'm going to keep my staff paid this year. I'm going to do one of these little marquee telethons, you know, every third Thursday or whatever. And then we never had to again. That was the only time I had to do it. Um, but now I'm getting excited about it. I want to do some, I want to do some, I want to do that again. That was fucking fun. I completely, and then Marky killed it, dude. Have you ever heard a Scott black metal song? Yeah, no, it's great. It's awesome. You're like, pick it up. I wonder if 311 ever flirted with black metal. You, yeah, you so, wouldn't know, would you? <laughs> the point being, that's a great idea. Please steal this stuff. Steal my idea. I would making, nothing would make me more yeah. happier than see somebody but, do a fucking marquee telethon. And the point being, making videos where you're just aggressively selling, shit works, you know? Yeah. And also, I think, so So, can you talk about a little bit about your, the videos where you like walk, make a three minute video walking people through a release? Can you explain that a little for the listeners? Um, it's as easy as, so I spend so much time with records and stuff. Like I, I just look at everything so much and I know what excites me about it and whatnot. So so really like a, a sales video for a record is just literally hitting record on the thing and picking up the record and just starting to go through it. Like just from the front, here's the front cover, here's the back cover. Oh, and then, but like me, you know, this is part of my personality. I'm like truly excited about this record or this piece of merch. So I'm like, just try to put myself back in the, in the position of, well, cause like unboxing videos are really big, you know? And mm -hmm. so when I do like a sales video like that, I try to put myself in that zone of like an unboxing. I want to give the reaction that I had the first time I saw it, you know, like when I go to pirates press to pick up my records, like I always crack one open, like right there before I even start loading my van. And it's just like, Oh, this is sick. Like true fucking absolute joy. And so I try to project that because if I'm not excited about it, why the fuck should you be? And why should you send me $20 for it too? You know, but that's another thing is reminding people how much value they're getting. Like, I'll be like, yeah. And you can own this thing for 1750, right? Like, look at this. You're the king of the world for under $20 with this thing. And then the other thing I like to do is because shipping is kind of a pain in the ass. I like to just remind people that shipping is kind of glorious. It's like, yeah, maybe it sucks adding $8 to this purchase, but did you know someone is going to take this fucking thing from my house in Oakland and bring it to your doorstep in fucking Florida? This, that's incredible. You know, like, I think we, we don't appreciate like stuff like that. Um, for what it really is like you want a bitch that it costs 10 bucks but it's like no someone's gonna take this from my house in california and, and hand it to you in brooklyn like that's in in a week's time like it's pretty fantastic you know so even yeah. like little things like that like remind people that like the extra fees and costs you know are like oh hey i had to mark this up a dollar fifty because i i really would like to pass on the paypal fee to the buyer you know, so sorry, I don't want to eat that. But also, isn't it incredible that 
we have apps like PayPal and you can just fucking, we never even touch any cash and now you've paid for this. So yeah, I charge you an extra buck for it, but look at all this beautiful convenience that you got. Like I kind of try to look ahead at some of the things that could stall people along the way. Like how many times have you put something in your cart and not checked out? Right. Like it happens. I do it too. So it's yeah. like kind of, I kind of like to envision that too, like taking them all the way through the process, you know, think of how excited you'll be after you get the fucking confirmation email from my merch table site that it's on the, that your order has been received and will be processed like stuff like that, you know? Um, and that's yeah. really what it is, you know, take a, take a tour, you know? And I, and I think, I think using like an unboxing video, as like a reference point of what you're trying to do and kind of that enthusiasm. And then also like what I like to do is just also be honest about if there's something you don't like about it too, which I know is really hard. You're not going to be like, um, you know, this, this uh, what, where I'm getting at is something small, like, ah, yeah, you know, it's a disappointment. We, we missed this typo here or, you know, like I, I did one recently where I was like, you know, this vinyl color isn't exactly what I thought I was ordering. I made the mistake of thinking that this was an opaque color, but it was a transparent color. It's not my vision. It doesn't match the mock-up, but look, it's cool as shit anyways, or as disappointing it is, is there already, there's only a hundred of them. So get it on because, uh, yeah. because up, you will, up, you, will <laughs> you will find value in the <laughs> obscurity of this, of this misprint or this, you know, we call them around here. We call them Marky's bloopers back to Marky because, um, because he works, uh, he works, uh, fast and hard and some things slip through the cracks sometimes until we, until we get them from the pressing plant, you know, the, uh, that's some of the charm of a tank crimes record is that there will be mistakes on it. <laughs> First yeah. press bloopers. But, you know, but I think, yeah, like leaning into it and just like letting people, I think video, first of all, video conveys a level of honesty that's very important, right? Yeah, no, I think you nailed it because you can't, um, I mean, obviously you can do second takes and stuff like that, but it's like, if I'm writing- Only like posers thoughtful... do second takes. Posers do second takes. I, me and Maddie both stand firm on this one. But, but you know, like we said before, it's a muscle you need to you need to exercise. So if you feel like you can do it better, shit, it's your time. You know, do it better. Um. But uh, ah, shit, I lost my I lost my train of thought there. Pull me in, reel me in, Maddie. Pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's all I say on this podcast anymore. <laughs> oh, you know what I was going to say at the beginning? I've noticed, and then you said it today, like that opening line, I didn't, re that's like becoming the thing, like where two dudes talk about punk so yeah. much that yeah, you're yeah. going to want to talk about punk. You're like, you're still working that one out, but that's becoming our, our, our byline there, huh? Yeah, no, as long as you don't protest, that's our byline now. No. <laughs> Whatever. You know me. I, mean? um, I like you. I like you to be the host. I feel my role as co-host is actually kind of the role of like the guest, but I'm a, I'm the consistent weekly guest. I like you to, to, to map everything out the, the, the bumpers, the, the intros and outros. Sure, so, sure. So the point being, so, okay. So there's, there's a whole bunch of things we got into here. Now, the honesty of being able to sell is important. 
you know, uh, and I think that's like something people really connect with and something people really want to see is like, this is a real motherfucker. He's doing things in a real meaningful way, you know? Yeah. And just, this is a real person. Like, this isn't just like, I, I don't know. Like there, there's a lot to be said about claiming your existence as a human, not just a social media account or a song, yeah. you know? That's also why I'm like, so about like, video messages to fans because it just like gives people that extra like oh shit that guy sent me a video you know well Um, it also like it then this it gives people a lot of uh familiarity with you it's it's funny i'll notice like god i want to get back out on tour but i'll sometimes when uh when i'll talk to a kid out on the road who follows my stuff like it's like a trip. Like they've already spent so much time with me. Oh yeah. Right? I have the same thing, but I I'm the same meeting, thing. you got the same. So like, it's like, you've spent a ton of time with me and I'm seeing you and meeting you for the first time in my life. So we've had this one sided relationship for as long as you've followed me. And now yeah, but like, but like, here's the cool thing with that, that like people got to understand is like, you have this one sided relationship, yada, yada, yada. But also, like, people will turn around and, like, help you out because of that. Like, because if they, like, feel a connection to you, like, I've had that happen so many times on tour where, like, I, like, I had multiple uh, vegan dinners bought for me because I wrote this article about veganism on metal injection. And I had multiple people reach out to me about that article and say, like, Hey, I really connected. Thank you. Can I buy you dinner when you're here on tour? And I was always like, yeah, rather than fucking eating whatever bullshit the venue's feeding us today. Not that, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, well, in the States, you're usually getting a $10 buyout and you're, yeah, it's a fend yeah. for yourself before doors. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or, or it's like, or it's, you know, or it's like just, you know it's it's not good you know whereas like oh someone who wants to like buy me dinner and i can like go to a real restaurant and like eat a piece of fruit i don't talk about my diet very much because i know it's annoying as fuck to people but i am a vegan and if you would like to take me out for vegan food when we when the world opens back up and we see each other please do so bring me a vegan treat take me out for a vegan dinner and i will buy you a vegan beer and yeah. we will toast like, like maddie took is... me out for a beer maddie you took me out for a beer last time i was in new york that i was did nice I, we just drank... went to like the hipster bar around the corner yeah and just like had like a little bit of a, a quiet time before uh before delving back into a fucking napalm death municipal waste show yeah, it was nice to just go out around the corner and go to a different bar. And like for me, like, you know, like New York is such an exciting place. So like because we were in Manhattan. Right. So like yeah. for me to like have that time, like we're always on tour and sometimes, you know, people want to be like, oh, what's it like traveling the world? And it's like, oh, I know what every fucking dressing room looks like in the fucking northeast corridor or whatever, you know, <laughs> and sometimes you only see the block or parking lot that that you're on. So Getting yeah. out to just a regular bar in Manhattan and just seeing like 
being around New Yorkers. <laughs> it was yeah, that no, was fun. Like, like I've I've definitely I was thinking about this the other day. I have been to San Diego three times. I think I every time I have gone to the same bar to the same club brick by brick. And I've eaten at the same burrito place across the street. And I've stayed at my friend Scooby's house. Yeah, I've uh, eaten. I know exactly what you're talking about, too. Yeah. Like, I know that spot. burrito place. Yeah. Like, but so the point being, like, but we're getting off topic and we need to wrap up. What I'm trying to say is make videos to sell your shit. Because that's what people respond to. Yes. And it really and- just needs to be that simple. Is oh people fuck with it when i when i when i talk about this okay cool fine i will talk about that you know like nothing more complicated than that if i can do this really quickly there was something that happened in the real world that i wanted to drop into this podcast real quick Mm -hmm. and this is an idea that we'll follow up on later but after talking about merch for the last 30 minutes i'd like everyone to consider keeping control of your own merch okay two big things happened in the music world uh in the last couple weeks one uh project m which is the company that owns revolver and the hard times and inked magazine did a seed invest where they're asking people to to donate uh or not donate to invest in their company it's not an ipo it's like a pre-ipo you know so it is open to the public but um they're asking people to invest. Okay. That's not the point of my story. The, the video that is convincing people why you should invest in their company is completely revolving around the fact that they're telling people that they know how to sell merch. That is their, their, when, when you watch it and are like, what am I investing in? They're like, well, you're investing in all these publications, but basically publications don't really make a lot of money, but we're going to be a giant merch company and we can reach these people. Okay. So think about that importance where you got companies that big uh, telling people to invest in them because they know how to sell a fucking t-shirt. Right. Then the second thing that happened just a couple days later is fucking the old uh, Jack from Twitter and square bought the streaming service title or Tidal, however you pronounce it, from Jay-Z. And that, you know, Tidal made a lot of, made a lot of noise when it came out because it was- Tidal. (laughs) It's like Tidal, like ta-da. So title, but they made a lot of noise by being like the artist run company that was gonna pay out better for streaming and stuff. And they do, but they never really took off. And here's my point is that Jack from fucking Twitter said in his like buying statement like the press release was like oh yeah i understand that you know this isn't spotify and you know we've got a lot of work to do but he specifically mentions tying merch into their app is a way that they are going to make revenue okay yeah, someone else so when did, you- a, did a merch tie-in i was emailing uh ryan uh from from metal blade about it today yeah uh, there's a lot of that stuff i mean dude Brooklyn Vegan has a record distro like the hard times has a record distro like everyone is fucking selling merch they're getting like way into it and the merch companies like that that'll host uh, that'll make all your merch for you and sell it for you and give you a cut they're all exploding exploding and so yeah the point I, I wanted to say before we wrap this up today is 
as exciting as it can be, because I think a lot of bands now look at like a merch signing, like almost like a record label signing, like, oh shit, our t-shirts are now represented by this cool company that also represents these other cool bands. It's very much becoming like a record label. And I, and, and I don't have any problem with those businesses. Don't get me wrong. I just want bands to think about re retaining control of your own merch. The point is, Everyone knows you can't download a t-shirt and watching all these big, big companies pivot to selling the shit that we've been selling the whole time, fucking vinyl and fucking t-shirts. So just as exciting as it might be to, to, to sign with like a, a merch company, think about the long game of your band and your merch and would and, and how much time you have between the three to six people in your band to go to the post office and to answer a couple emails and to stock up on stuff. And if that's worth your time too, because you might sign a, a merch deal or, or give all your merch to your record label and get like a buck a fucking t-shirt or two bucks a t-shirt or something like that. But if you hold on to those rights, you're making $7 a t-shirt, $10 a t-shirt. And that's my point. Merch, merch rules all. It's not going anywhere. It's only growing. Um, keep control of it and it'll help you. And then, and also if you grow a little bit more, you'll get a better deal, you know, because yeah. one of the exciting things about having a merch company, which is what I push bands for, which is great, is if you get in with a merch company like JSR or someone who actually then wholesales your t-shirts two other stores and distros and but yeah. you're not going to get that level off your demo you know but like once you get there then that's really that's really cool like seeing your going to a festival and seeing a tent that has your band shirt and you know that someone else collected your two bucks for you or whatever but that that really get you know like yeah and that's your distribution that, that, is a whole nother level right that's like just for the record that's like the thing i'm most excited about like for 2022 is like going to metal festivals and seeing that tent with all the shirts and seeing like exhorter and trouble and acid king shirts and being like i get a piece of that i get a piece of that i get a piece of that like i'm so oh, maddie maddie's giving away the game here because he is a middleman who helps bands sign those deals but again notice this point no, i just want to i just want to point this out before we wrap up notice those three bands i said acid king trouble and exhorter two of those bands have been around since the 80s Acid King's been around since the early 90s. All of them are among the biggest in their genre. Which, you know, so like, that's the level they were at so that I could get them that deal. Yeah, yeah. You know, just to be clear, like... No, I know, and I know, and part of what yeah. you do that earns you your point is making sure that the band is being taken care of, and I, under yeah. I understand Yeah, 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 you know, because then, because it's also like, oh, well, like, I probably want to work with those bands in the future. I don't want them to think oh, Matt made me sign some dumb deal, you know, like, I like, right. Lori, you know, you know, Lori, <laughs> um, yes. you know, fucking OG right there. Uh, okay. This has been another episode of noise direction podcast. Maddie sells all of his services and Scotty sells records. We'll catch you. Find us next. online. Yeah. We'll catch you. We, I guess we talk over <laughs> each other in the outro. We'll the catch outro you too. We'll catch you next Monday. <laughs> Later. Bowie, Dylan, Marley. 
You've heard the names and maybe you've heard their songs, but what about the stories behind the records that make titans of music like these so universally loved and important? Join me, Josh Adam Myers, host of The 500, as each week I go through a different album from Rolling Stone Magazine's 500 Greatest Albums list from 2012 with an incredible lineup of comedians, actors, and musicians talking about how the music has impacted their lives. New episodes of The 500 come out every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts.